Welcome to Married by Design. David writes in Psalm 34 that those who look to him are radiant. Are you living a radiant life? Are you allowing God's word into your heart and your mind, and as a result, living a life of radiance? That's what we're going to be looking at in this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to this episode of Married by Design. We're looking at the series, The Radiant Life. We've been looking at the biblical basis of living a radiant life. We looked at Psalm 34 Uh, and David living a radiant life, to Moses spending face time with God. And Jesus talks about in the Gospels to his followers in the Sermon on the Mount the importance of them being salt and light. We suggest to you that living a radiant life means that your countenance and everything about you communicates the light of God, his radiance. The radiant person is enthusiastic. Uh, That word literally means to be filled with God. Christians should be the most excited, loving, joyful person. They should be a person full of peace and having great confidence. There are really so many ways that we could describe the radiant life. And we began to look in the last episode at Psalm 34 and the idea of setting our eyes on Jesus and spending a significant amount of time with Him. That's just the beginning of how we can live a radiant life. So just like with any relationship, um, time is one of the most precious commodities. For husband and wife, they have to spend time together to develop that relationship. And the same is true in our relationship with the Lord. If we set aside a good amount of time, we will get to know Him better, and that relationship will impact everything about us. It will make us radiant because we know the Creator of the universe um, and are in fellowship with Him. In the next few episodes, we're going to be looking at how we can spend time with the Lord. What kinds of things do we do when we spend time with Him? Um, and how do those things relate to living um, the radiant life He has for us? And in this episode, we're going to focus primarily on the power of God's Word to enable us to live a radiant life. We would suggest to you that the studying, the reading, the meditating on God's Word will lead you to a radiant life. In Jeremiah 15:16, the prophet Jeremiah declares, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. There's the powerful impact of the word of God on an individual. God's word became a joy and a delight to his heart. The effect of God's word on the prophet Jeremiah was joy and delight. There's the radiance. And it's also interesting in that verse that Jeremiah describes the way that he received the word. He said he ate them. Jeremiah viewed the word of God as something to be consumed, taken in, ingested, to be absorbed. Is that the way that you view God's word? Um, So often in our Christian lives, we don't see it as something that needs to be taken in, absorbed. It's so easy to just read the word and then not have have it have any effect on us. We need to be more in a place where we see it as something to be taken in, digested, and absorbed into our lives. That's good. And we'll set it, we've said it before, and we'll say it again. Our radiance is not dependent on our circumstances. 
Notice in these verses that Jeremiah also had a lot of struggles, just like David did and just like Moses did, we looked at last time. These men were able to live in the turmoil of life and yet be radiant. We'll look in verse 15 in Jeremiah 15. Jeremiah notes his persecutors and the reproach that he was bearing. You should never fall back on the belief that you cannot live a radiant life because of the way somebody's treating you or the place that you are in your life. Again, it's not based on your circumstances, but it's based on your relationship to Jesus Christ and his word. And there's another example of David, uh, a man who went through great difficulties and trials, living a a life of light and radiance. And he found that it was the result of the word of God. In Psalm 19, in verse 7, David writes, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And look at the way he describes the effects of God's word on his own life, reviving the soul, rejoicing the heart, enlightening the eyes. Again, the profound effect that God's word had on his heart and in his life. Those descriptions talk of the word of God giving life and light to David. And all these verses suggest that the power of God's word on our heart and our minds allows us to live a life of light and radiance. So the question is, why? somebody maybe would ask, why would we not want to be in God's word if it's a source of life and light? Uh, this is our way of knowing his ways and to experience abundant life that he promises. Well, we're going to look at that right now. One reason is that we simply don't make it a priority. In Psalm 119, there's 176 verses about the benefits and the life-giving power of God's Word. For example, verse 25, it says, My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. Verse 37 says, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Both of these verses show the tendency to value worthless things. Our flesh craves the temporary pleasures of the world, that's the dust, and we tend to gaze at these distractions rather than clinging to God's word and his ways and enjoying the vibrant life that they give. And again in verse 93 it says, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. The psalmist recognized the power of God's words to give us the abundant life God wants for us. And his overwhelming desire was to turn away from the distractions and enticements of the world and to be immersed in the words of the living God. If we really understood how life-giving God's word is, we would make it our number one priority. The problem is that we take the path of least resistance and we sit on the couch for one more episode of our favorite show rather than turning off the entertainment and digging into God's word. And if we were to be honest, we don't really believe that God's word will bring us great delight and fulfillment, or we would make time for it. I truly believe that we make time for the things that are most important to us. Keep track of how you spend your time off of work. You might be shocked at what that tells you about your priorities and what you really believe and value. That's good, and another reason we can feel ambivalent about God's Word is that it's become too familiar to us. Ever feel like that? You've read the stories so many times, it's become dull and just too familiar. There's a real danger for Christians that maybe have been in the faith for a lot of years 
they become very familiar with the facts and the stories and the events that are recorded. The danger is not in the information provided, but only but in seeing it as only information. The truth that we read and become very familiar with is a lot more than just historical information. It's intended to be truth that penetrates your heart and changes your mind. And that's where the radiance comes in. We need to shake ourselves mentally from the attitude that the word is no longer relevant to us because we've already read it and we've heard it all before. We have to begin to see that we are in a constant process of change and God will use different verses and passages at different times in our lives. You may have different needs, certainly, in the different seasons in your life, and God tailors his word with perfect precision to answer those needs and to encourage you at each point in in your life. I find it amazing every year that I read through the Bible that I may not necessarily learn a lot of new things, but I always have the opportunity to apply the truth that may be familiar to the new challenges in my life. I find that I, in the midst of experiencing something in my life, will come back to God's Word and a truth or a story, and it will penetrate my heart and challenge me to live a life that He calls me to live. All we have to do is to begin to call on God and ask Him to reveal the truth to us so that we can live it out. David wrote in Psalm 119, verse 18, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I love that prayer. Here's David. He's a man who knew the word. And he's praying and asking God to open his eyes to its truth so that he can apply it. And so often God will use his word in our lives to remind us of truth. We often need to be reminded because our thoughts so easily stray to other things and we forget all that he calls us to do and to be. God wants you to live a radiant life. And he will use his word and the things that are very familiar to you to awaken something in your soul. He will give you a vibrancy and an excitement as you come back to those familiar stories and the familiar passages and you see them in a new light through different eyes. For some, reading uh, God's word becomes an obligation, something that you have to check off the list of things that you're supposed to do as a Christian. But we're to delight rather than yawn. Psalm 119 verse 14 says, In the way of your testimonies I delight as in much riches. To this man God's word was like a treasure chest full of wonderful things. In verse 162 he likens it to great spoil. And verse 24 it says, Your testimonies are my delight, they are my counselors. He looked to God's word for counsel and guidance. Do you look at God's word that way? Do you see it as full of riches and wise guidance? And in verse 104, it goes on to say, Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. When we spend regular time in God's word, we start to understand God's ways and why they are best, and we see life more clearly. We understand why evil is so offensive to God, and we become more sensitive to it. So rather than looking at time in the Word as something to get done so we can move on to things we'd rather be doing, we should have an excitement about digging into God's wisdom and ways to find all the treasure that is there, treasure that will make our lives a beautiful reflection of the one who gives us all this treasure. Yeah, sometimes we are lackluster in our relationship with the Lord because We make some effort to get in the Word, but we don't really expect to get anything out of it. 
But listen to the words of Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Do you anticipate God's work through his word? Do you expect that he will use it to pierce your heart, to divide out the holy and the unholy in you, to expose hidden thoughts and motives in your heart? That's exciting. Yeah, and we should open the word with anticipation of hearing the Spirit speak to us, um, dealing with sin, guiding us in our lives and decisions, helping us to see our own motives that we aren't even being honest with ourselves about. And we can expect him to use what we read even when we are living life. He'll bring it to our remembrance when we need it most. And that's why it's living and active. It doesn't stay on the page. It infiltrates our lives and impacts every part of it. Is that scary to you? It could be, but we shouldn't let it be. It should excite you to think of what a vibrant relationship with the Lord you will have when you surrender to him and seek out his word with anticipation. We can also lack a radiance because we come to God's Word academically and not with the intent of obeying it. We can be just like the Pharisees that knew God's Word, but they lived their lives very differently. This is really seen throughout the whole Bible. The nation of Israel in the Old Testament had a habit of knowing God's truth, but following after other idols and disobeying the Lord. If we're not careful, we can fall into the same trap. In fact, in Deuteronomy 28, as the Lord was preparing the nation of Israel to go into the promised land, he lays out the blessings of obedience and the curses of disobedience. This was the people who knew the word and the covenant and the commandments. Just because they knew these things, like us, doesn't mean that they were actually going to do anything about it. So he had to warn them about the dangers of disobedience, and the result of that, I would say, is the dulling of their lives. Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with the parable of the wise and the foolish man. Again, it's the warning about disobedience and obedience. If we're not careful, we'll lead a bland, lackluster life because even though we may be in the Word, the Word's not in us and not played out in our lives. And that's related to having a hard heart. We've gotten so used to not applying the Word and even to just blatantly disobeying it that our hearts and lives are dull and insensitive to God's Spirit. And we certainly won't live a radiant life that way. That's good. Um, The end of it all is that there is an incredible blessing and joy that comes from the Word. Going back to Psalm 119, verse 2, it says, Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart. To be blessed means to be happy, and it relates to knowing and keeping His Word and seeking Him. There's a vibrancy, a radiance in that. In uh, verse 111, he writes, Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. You looking for joy in your heart? In verse 143, he wrote, Your commandments are my delight. We just want to encourage you to delight yourself and the Word and treasure it and allow it to have its effect on you through the Spirit to give you a life of radiance. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to set aside the time with the Lord, as we said in the last episode. Come back to the Word and pray that God would make it living and active to you. Come to it with an eager expectation, and God will reward that diligence and commitment by granting a joy and a radiant life. You work together as a couple, 
to encourage each other to do this and provide space for each person to have that opportunity. This is where your marriage relationship is vital in developing a radiant life. Well, let me pray. Father, I just pray that for each couple that's listening to this, that they would see the the joy and the delight and the power of the Word to give them the life that you created and live, a life of radiance. So there's a couple that can encourage each other and they can live that life as a light, uh, Lord, and not hide it under a bushel, that they would be salt and all that you intended be, not only for their own enjoyment by living a radiant life, but that they would just honor you in the way that they live their life before others. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us in this episode. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. And we want to ask you to share this podcast with somebody right now. Maybe put it on your Facebook page. Um, There's probably somebody that you know that's struggling in their life with discouragement and dullness. And maybe this episode would give them a new perspective. Well, next week on our podcast, we're going to be looking again at the radiant life and the power and the place of prayer. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. 